All right, well, we are launching into a brand new series called Big Church, and uh, I don't know what comes to mind to you when you hear the word church. For some of you, um, it's like, yeah, I, I should get back to that. Some of you, you know, there's maybe a, a positive thought, or and I think sometimes it's more of a feeling uh, sometimes than, than a thought. Um, some of you are like, nope, been there, done that, don't really like that, don't, you know, don't, I, I just kind of you know, pushed against that. Um, some of you have, have good feelings about it. Some of you have, you know, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't really know that I want to be a part of that. Some of you have been hurt by a church. Um, some of you have been hurt by church people, and, uh, and it's very hard for you to engage back in, and maybe you were engaged at one time, and, uh, and now it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. And here, here, here's the thing. Um, if you haven't been a part of the crossing for very long, um, every January we spend uh, the the month of January um, kind of recasting vision of what it is that we want to accomplish together. And the reason that we do that is because it is so easy to lose sight of what it is the church is supposed to be and what it, the church is supposed to be doing. And, uh, and, and as a result, the church kind of goes off the rails. And maybe you have seen a church go off the rails. Maybe you are part of a church that went off the rails. Uh, I have been on, on a couple of those rides. And uh, I don't ever want to be on that ride again. So we, and the other thing is uh, every year we have more and more people that, that call the crossing home. And so for some, it's a reminder. For others, it's brand new. But here's the thing. Um, and you need to know if you're watching online, those of you in the room, you need to know that there is a whole nother church online. There is a whole nother church that is, that is watching that, that can't even, you know, it's not even feasible for them to drive this far um, to join us in the room. And those of you who are watching online, you need to know that when you come back, some of you uh, haven't been able to come back because you're, you're at your high risk of, of getting COVID, and so you've just kind of been, you know, stayed away. And, uh, and so when, that, when we see that in the rearview mirror and you decide, you know what, it's time to get back and there's going to be a time when I'm going to be like, come on, it's time to come on back. When you come back, you just need to know there's a whole nother church here. You're not even going to recognize them. We have had so many visitors over the last uh, few months. It's just been insane. We have, we have a whole brand new church. And so if we're going to be on a mission together and we're all going to be pulling and, and, and going in the same direction, we're going to need to talk about what, what is it and, uh, and what should it be. And here's the thing that's kind of interesting is uh, in, in, when, when the church was launched, it was launched around a, a really simple idea. There was no hierarchy. There was no style that was like, you know, this was the style that Jesus wanted every church, you know, from every place, every time, for all places and all, in all times to do. There was no style. There was no liturgy. There was no any of that. There was no hierarchy to it. And, and it was a, a movement of people around a single idea that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that he died on the cross for our sin and he rose from the dead. That single idea launched the church and it was a movement. The whole idea of church actually started uh, and Jesus 
talked about it in Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, he, he asked his uh, disciples, he's like, what's the word on the street about me? And, uh, and Peter um, says, well, you know, they kind of had some ideas of, of what the word on the street was. And then Jesus asked them, he's like, well, what about you guys? What do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's who I think you are, Peter says. And Jesus is like, bingo, Peter. But you didn't come to this conclusion on your own. The Father brought you to this conclusion. And then he tells him this in verse 18. He says, now I say, this is Jesus, now I say to you, Peter, that upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And all the powers of hell, I think a better idea is all the powers of death, will not conquer it. In other words, death isn't going to conquer it. People are going to, people are going to be born. People are going to die. People are going to actually die for their faith. And people will come and people will go. But all of the powers of death will not conquer the church. This word in Greek is ekklesia. Ekklesia means assembly or gathering. I'm going to build my assembly. I'm going to build my gathering. I'm going to build my congregation. Some of you have thought that the church is a location. The church is an address. The church is a building. Well, we're going to go to the church. Well, where's that church located at? Well, you go, you know, just go east of Gothenburg on Highway 30, and, and the church is over there. Some of you think it's a building. Some of you have grown up thinking that's what it is, and that's why it's so important. And, and, and here's the thing. There was a linguistic, um, it was so unfortunate, kind of a linguistic nightmare, actually, that happened with this word church. Because when they translated the word ecclesia, they didn't translate what it meant. Instead, a, a German word was put in, and this was the German word, and, and the, the English derivative of it is kirch, which we ended up with church. And kirch means the Lord's house. They went back to the old, the old covenant. They went back to the old law and the prophets. They went back to the Old Testament. And they inserted this word kirch. They didn't put the meaning of ecclesia. They put kirch. They put church, which is the Lord's house. In other words, and this is, you know, we feel the effects of this even to this day. And maybe you grew up with this thinking, what, well, if I'm going to meet with God, I have to go to the Lord's house. I have to go to the church. If I'm going to meet with God, i got to go to the church. If I'm going to meet with God, i got to go into the sanctuary. The sanctuary was like the holy of holies in the temple. And so you would walk into what we would call our auditorium, because we don't see it as the temple, and we don't see this as the holy place, but in this view, you would walk into here and you should be reverent, you should be quiet, you should, you know, because this is where God lives. A completely, completely different meaning than ecclesia, an assembly, a gathering, a movement around a single idea that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the job of that assembly, the job of that gathering is to share that message, that simple message. And, and, and I don't know what it is about us, but 
Isn't it true that anything that is so simple and so pure, we have to complicate it? Why do we have to complicate it? I don't know, but we complicate it, and we complicate it, and we make it something that it shouldn't be. In fact, you know, in the 15th, by the 16th century, in the 1500s, the church became something that was just, I mean, you, you read church history, it was embarrassing. What started out as a movement around a single idea and there was, there, was, there, was, there was no style, there was no band, there was no hymnal, there was, there was none of the things that sometimes we think is, I mean, that, that, if you're going to do it, that's, that's God's way of doing it. And some of the things we think are so, they didn't even have any of those things. And, and all of a sudden, instead of, you know, this movement, it became hierarchical, there was a hierarchy, and the people in power began to leverage the message for their own purposes and their own power and to enrich themselves. And there was a group of people who controlled the building, and since that's where God lived, he lived in the building, and so if you wanted to meet with God, you had to go to the building. And they controlled the building, and then they controlled the scriptures. There was no scriptures it wasn't, see, sometimes we take this for, for granted, that you, you have this and it's collecting dust. In fact, you probably have several of them at home. You have some, some of them on the shelf. You, you can open your phone right now. You can look at it all, all day long. We have so much access. There wasn't any access in the 16th century. In the 1500s, there was no access. If you wanted to have the scripture read, you had it read to you, you had to go to the church you had to go to the building, and the people who controlled the building controlled the scriptures, and they began to, in, in places where they, did, they didn't even speak the same language, so they would open up the scriptures and read it in Latin, and all you spoke was English. And then they would tell you what, what they thought, you know, it should mean. But you had no idea because you didn't even speak it. And so the people that controlled the building controlled the scriptures, and then they could control the people. And they had a lot of power. And they leveraged it for power. They leveraged it to enrich themselves. They leveraged it for political power. And they did some of the most horrible things you could ever imagine. And finally, a guy, and some, some guys, but one guy in particular, said, enough of this. And he made it his life's intent to translate the scripture from its original Hebrew and Greek into English. This was William Tyndale. This is William. Smile, William. They just wouldn't smile, would they? they just... They just wouldn't smile, but William Tyndale made it his life's intent to translate the scriptures in the Old Testament was Hebrew, in the New Testament was Greek, and translate that into English. He was a linguistic scholar in England, and he began this work, it became, and, and word got to the religious leaders that this was happening, and ooh, they did not like that, and so it became so dangerous, he actually fled to Germany. He fled to Germany where he, you know, finished his linguistic work. He was betrayed by a friend 
They arrested him, brought him back to England. He was tried. He was hung as a heretic and then burned. Welcome to church. You're like, what? Is that actually true? And in his trial, he says this. If God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow to know more scriptures than thou dost. Oh, 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 oh. he is saying this to the religious leaders. If God spares my life, I will make sure that the common man has access to the scriptures because when everyone can read it for themselves, they won't just take your word for it any longer. And it won't put you in a place of power where you can manipulate people anymore. They can just open it themselves and read it for themselves and see if what you're saying is true. Unbelievable. So they put him to death. The church. But it was too late. It was too late. Gutenberg and the printing press made it possible for copies to be made and copies to be made, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the scripture was available to the common man and the common woman. And so to this day, don't ever, ever take it for granted. People died so that we could have access to the scriptures. But even to this day, your thoughts about what church is, see, we have the effects of this hierarchy. We have this effects where, you know, we have to maybe go through another person to get to God. We have the effects of, 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 of something that wasn't even in its original form at all what Jesus had in mind when he launched the first ecclesia, the first assembly, the first gathering. In fact, uh, when Jesus um, was resurrected and he's meeting with the guys, Matthew records for us the Great Commission. He said, hey, I want you to go and make disciples. And, uh, and Luke recorded kind of the same thing um, in Acts. And we're going to be actually going through the book of Acts as we go through this series, Big Church. And I would encourage you to read for yourself through the book of Acts as we go through it. But in, uh, in Acts, and it's not Acts as like A-X-E. It's not like, you know, the split the wood Acts. I love this. I love the, the, the uh, New Living Translation. Acts of the Apostles, just so we know. Um, in chapter 1, verse 6. This is Jesus. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They're still thinking there's going to be, you know, Jesus is still going to restore this physical kingdom. And so Jesus kind of explaining, you know, what the kingdom of God is, really is, is, is like and what it's all about. And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. In other words, that's not what I want you to focus on. And we have an entire segment of Christianity where that's all they talk about, and that's all they think about, and that's all they're trying to figure out. And Jesus is just like, 
Set it aside. I have a mission for you to accomplish, and that's not it. It's not for you to know the times. You don't even need to worry about it. You need to be focused on what I've given you to do. So what is it, Jesus, you want us to do? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. I don't want you to just go out and teach people what I taught you, although that's part of it. You are to be my witnesses. You, you, are, you, you saw the miracles. You experienced walking with me. You saw the death, burial, and now you have seen the resurrected Jesus. You have seen me resurrected. You are to be my witnesses. This is the message I want you to bring in its purest form. I want you to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, and, and when Jesus is talking to this group, there's about 120 people there. Jesus' brothers and sisters were there. His mother was there. The, the 11 disciples were there. They replaced uh, Judas. And then about 100 others were there, and he's talking to them, saying, you are my witnesses, and I want you to tell people everywhere in Jerusalem, and they're probably thinking, okay, there's 120 of us. Okay, yeah, we, I think we could take Jerusalem. I think we could, we could cover Jerusalem. We could tell every, everybody in Jerusalem, and I want you to tell everyone about me in Judea. Judea would be kind of like the county around Jerusalem, to which you're thinking, Okay, crossing, if there was 120 of us, I want you to be my witnesses in Dawson County and Lincoln County, to which we would probably be like, that's, that's quite a bit. I mean, okay, I mean, that's, that's a lot, but okay, Jesus, I think, I think, you know what, I think we could do it. And throughout Judea, and in Samaria, in Samaria, I mean, that'd be like going to Kansas. Nobody want, we don't want to witness to like Kansas State or Oklahoma. We don't, want to, we, don't, we don't even like them. We don't want to go to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, Jesus. Do you have any idea how big the earth is? To which Jesus would have said, you have no idea how big the earth is. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to be my witnesses, okay? We'll be your witnesses. Witnesses of what? My death, burial, and resurrection. And I want you to go everywhere. I want you to go in Jerusalem, right here where you are. I want you to go into the county in Judea. I want you to go into Samaria and some places you don't even want to go. And I want you to go to the ends of the earth. And my friends, 2,000 years later, what started with 120 people, here we are. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Here we are. An unbelievable fulfillment of prophecy right here. And sometimes we think, oh, yeah, I mean, what can we do? What, what can we do? I mean, we're just a church in a rural town. I mean, how much influence could we 
possibly have. So the disciples, they're hanging around, and then the day of Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit comes on these apostles, and, uh, and they start speaking in, in, in Pentecost. You see, understand, there was all kinds of different tribes and different uh, languages that came into Jerusalem, and, uh, and, and the apostles were able to speak in all of these other languages, even though they were from Galilee, and they didn't normally be able to speak the language. And so they're talking in, in their accent in a different language, and all of these different people groups are just amazed at what's going on, and all of a sudden, Peter sees his opportunity to preach the very first message on day one of the church, on day one of the ecclesia, on day one of the movement, on day one of the assembly, the gathering. Here's what Peter says, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. In other words, you well know it. You all saw it. This isn't like, you know what, years and years and years later. This was like two months ago. And you know what? Many of you experienced in different parts of where you lived. When Jesus was there, you followed. You were a part of the crowds. And you experienced it. You saw it firsthand. But God knew that would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Oh, a little personal. So, I mean, where, where is this pre, you know what, crucifixion Peter that was all scared and, and telling a middle school girl he didn't even know who Jesus was, all of a sudden, he is Mr. Bold. And after, you know what, if you saw the resurrected Jesus, you would be as well. In other words, he's just like, I'm just going, I am all in. And so he is just preaching. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Are you catching the message? So here's the church, here's the, the gathering, and here's the message. At its core, Jesus is the Christ. He is who he said he was. And he died on the cross for our sin, and God raised him from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all, here it is, witnesses of this. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. And so he is just preaching to these guys and, and, and many of them were actually there and saw it all happen and they knew that Jesus had risen from the dead. And he is just telling them, hey, you just need to know Jesus was who he says he was. And God's plan was that he would be crucified and that he would raise again. So Peter's words pierced their hearts because they're just like, we're guilty. We, we know exactly what you're saying. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? You're right. We're guilty. So what should we do? 
So Peter replied, go to the church regularly. Some of you need to read your Bibles a little bit more. I just made that up. That's not in your Bible. You can check that out. See, there's no reference to that. That wouldn't have made any sense to them. See, to, to have it be a, a location, to be, hey, here's what you need to do. You need to go to church more regularly. You need to go to the church. You need to go to the location. There was no location. There was no hierarchy. There was no style. There was no liturgy. There was no anything that, that we would translate. And you know what I love about the crossing is we have every background known to man. I am not kidding you. From my, my background as a Baptist to Catholic and, and everything in between, we have all of that in our backgrounds. None of what we would sometimes hold on to is this is the way it's, it, it wouldn't even have made any sense to them. At the beginning, it was simply a movement around a message. And may we get back to that and not complicate it with all of our things that we try to complicate it with. Peter actually replied in verse 38 of chapter 2, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you. He's talking to all of them in earshot. And to your children. And to those who are far off. To those who are far away. Do you know who those who are far away are? It's you. It's you. It's me. And to everyone called by the Lord, our God. This message is for everyone. It wasn't for church people. There weren't any church people. There wasn't even a Bible at this point. There was no, there was no style. There was no hierarchy. There was, there was none of that. It was a movement of people. It wasn't a location. There was no location. It was a movement of people around a simple message. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, to this ecclesia, to this assembly, to this gathering, to this congregation, not a place, about 3,000 in all. So those of you who love small church, you would not have liked day one of the church. 3,000, can you imagine how long it would take to baptize 3,000 people? Especially if you had to shoot a video for 3,000 people. That would take a while. Every body of water. So here's the thing, and I wanted to let you know this. Some of you are thinking of have thought about getting baptized, going public with your faith. Some of you are like, I don't want to shoot a video. Some of you are like, eh, you know, I <clears throat> thought about it, you know. And some of you are like, we're all in. Here, here's what you need to know. There is, a, there is a big group of people already signed up to go public with their faith. And here's what we're going to do. 
On Easter, we are going to have the biggest baptism bash we have ever had at the crossing. And so, um, if you want to be a part of that, um, you know, you're like, do I have to shoot a video? Just come and talk to me, okay? Come and talk to me. If you're like, eh, I don't know about the video, just come and talk to me, okay? But we're going to do that on Easter this year, and we're going to celebrate the movement. And here's the thing, crossing. The crossing started because we wanted to get away from what church had become in so many ways, and it's so easy for it to become something other than what Jesus intended it to be. But we always wanted to just be a, the simple idea of a movement of people, a gathering of people that weren't just church people, that it wasn't just a church for church people, that we were a church for all people. No matter what your background is, no matter what it is that you've done in your past, and yes, we gather in this building, but we fully understand the building has, it's not the church. And the only reason it's holy in this, in this room right now is because some of you who have the Holy Spirit living inside of you brought him in here with you. And you have understood there's always been a, 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 a segment of Jesus followers who understood that the church wasn't a building. And it wasn't ever about that. And it wasn't ever about brick and mortar. And they've always understood that they were actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. They have always understood that. And so, as a church, we need to understand if we are going to accomplish our mission together, the only way we're going to do that is if we understand what the church is. And that right now, we are gathered. We're gathered in this room we're gathered in your, in your living rooms and in your cars and wherever it is that you're, you're going to. And when you're meeting with a group of Christians in your workplace at lunchtime or prayer time, you are the ecclesia, you're the church. And when that men's group that you meet with is meeting together, you are the church. And when that small group is meeting, you are the church. And when the kids are meeting in their small groups over there, they are the church. We are the church gathered, and when we leave here, we will be the church scattered. That's why it's impossible to go to church once a week. That doesn't even make sense in the way that Jesus described the ecclesia. See, it's not a Sunday thing. Some of you think of church is just an hour on Sunday. No, no. You're the church the entire week. And if we're actually going to accomplish the mission together, we've got to understand that. We've got to understand that as we go through the week, Monday through Saturday, that we are on mission together as a church scattered. And yeah, do we want to gather together and, and have instruction and encourage one another and worship God together? Sure. And it takes a building to do that because right now we would all be frozen to death if we didn't have a nice warm facility to meet in. But that's the only reason we build it is so we can leverage it to accomplish the mission. So 
Day one of the church was big. And I'm telling you what, God wants to use the crossing to do big things in 2021 and beyond. May we tug in the same direction. May we be together and work together in that. And to do that, we got to understand what the church is all about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the church. God, I have experienced uh, the sweetness of the church. I have experienced the bad of the church. I have experienced the ugly of the church. I have seen how sweet it can be, and I have been hurt so terribly bad by it. But Jesus, I understand that it is your plan A, your plan B, your plan C. It is your plan. It is your vehicle to bring this message to the world. So God, I pray that we wouldn't get distracted, but we would be focused. And for some here this morning, this is maybe brand new. It's like, I have never heard of the churches that before. And so God, I just pray that as we go through this series, they would open up the scriptures for themselves, that they would read through Acts as we're going through it. God, I pray that they would get on board with the mission that you've called us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. All right, well, good morning, Crossing. Thanks for joining us on our live stream this morning as we kicked off a brand new series, mm -hmm. Big Church. All right, so to start this off, I'm going to kind of paint a scenario because I can guarantee you there's people that, that watched online and were here that fall into this category. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in the church, and I still go to a church where the church is the building. <laughs> and I just heard you preach that sermon. <laughs> What do you say to me, because I've, that's been ingrained in my life, you know, since I was born, is the church is the building. So this is something completely different. So, yeah. so how do you approach maybe somebody who's born and raised into that? So this has been my experience. Most of the time, the people that I talk to that are in that current situation are really frustrated. And I would just ask them, and I would ask you if you're in that situation, why are you so frustrated? Because the answer that I get is, because we're not doing anything. We're, we're not moving. Mm. It's almost like the church is constipated. <laughs> it's not moving. And uh, when it's not moving, then it, it frustrates people because yeah. they're not actually going anywhere. They're not actually accomplishing anything. They're just having a service because apparently that's what the church is just supposed to do just have a service once a week, and that's what we're supposed to go to. So yeah. the mission gets lost. And I would just say, if that's you, you're probably experiencing some frustration. Um, and I would dig, what's so frustrating about it? Uh, and I think the logical answer to that is it's not moving, and it should be. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's always, I mean, not even in church, but in any situation, when you're not moving, when you're not doing Growing. anything, yeah, it, <laughs> Uh, it just kind of gets stagnant, and then mm -hmm. you just sit there like, well, what's, what's the point? That's right. So, uh, so, yeah, definitely tying that in the church. So, 
so now looking at the other side, you know, we are uh, a church that was a church plant. Mm -hmm. uh, we have now been in our building for a little over two years or, or yeah. somewhere in there. How do you, you, not necessarily you, but us as a church, yeah. uh, keep us from getting to that place of, okay, now this is the church we aren't anymore. Yeah, we keep talking about it. Mm. And that's one reason, you know, and maybe for some of you who have been a part of the crossing for a long time, I mean, this is way reminder for you. And it's good to be reminded because, because we do drift. But also realizing we have a whole other group of people that haven't heard some of this stuff before. And some of them's like, this morning was the first time they'd ever heard that the church wasn't a building. And so um, to be able to, to get them on board is um, really important. So that's why we, we dedicate January to it. And we, we just talk about it a lot. All right. Well, Crossing, uh, hope that today, if you've been here part of us for a while, that uh, it was a good reminder for you, uh, but also a challenge for us to keep that mindset uh, that we as, as humans are the church. Because I think when it, when it doesn't, when it's not a building, mm -hmm. when, it's, when it's humans, it can change the way that we act yeah. when we're out there. And so uh, it, it changes the way that we choose to live our life when we realize that we as people are the church. So I hope that today was uh, good for you, encouraging for you. Maybe it opened your eyes. Uh, but if you have any questions, I know personally this is a, a subject that Eric is very passionate mm -hmm. about uh, for very good reason. And so if you have any questions, uh, even I'm going to throw this out there, even if you want to debate Eric a little <laughs> bit, uh, that, that's awesome. Go ahead yeah. and just send us a message, send us a comment, whatever it is. Uh, we would love to talk to you about this. Uh, and continue to encourage uh, you and all of us to grow as the church together. So thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll catch us next week for part two of our new series, Big Church. Take care.